This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello. We have <clears throat> quite the surprise for you today. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we're not even going to tell you about it right now. We're just going to say that like, that's, that's a surprise to come later in the episode. Um, <clears throat> but what we will tell you about is summerskates.com. Summerskates.com sells sandals if you're a rube, but really what they sell is incredible footwear. And that is hockey based <clears throat> with, you know, I mean, what do you, what do you even call them? Hockey laces? Like, yeah. You know, so it's the, the classic like athlete sandal, the kind that you can wear socks with, you know, the, the flip flop that doesn't have the between the toes. So, right. um, and slides, that, I think is what they call them in Canada slides. And so yeah. the, the big, the big piece of fabric that goes over basically uh, the knuckles of your foot, you know, where the toes meet the foot, that is made of hockey laces. And so even when you're not on the rink and it's good weather, you get to have the look and feel of hockey about you. Absolutely. And if you order right now and spend more than $50, which would be about two to three pairs of slides... You will get free shipping, and you will get a koozie, one free koozie per pair of uh, slides, and they would mimic whatever you bought. So, like, if you're wise and bought a, you know, Backstrom of Etchkin, you know, a Capitals player, you would then get a that same player in a koozie form. Um, you know, the biggest thing. And the the greatest reason as to why we wanted to be involved with summerskates.com or at summerskates on social is that every percentage or every a percentage of every sale, excuse me, goes to the Princess Margaret Cancer Hospital through the Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer partnership. I mean, you know what? You're gonna get a great product, and you're going to help cancer research. I mean, uh, there's there's really no better, right, Polly? Exactly. All right. Well, I guess we should just pop tabs in, huh? Yeah. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans. <clears throat> We do have some really important news before our mystery uh, interview, which is super. I mean, it's it's incredible. The, the interview is incredible. You're gonna be super psyched for it. But I have some some like kind of like I guess appetite wedding news. And Polly Cupcakes has finally seen the movie Waterworld. So, ever since the Hockey Ocalypse segment began. Um, troll has been on me because I was talking about certain apocalypse movies that I like. And I, first of all, he disagreed with everything. Like, right. I mean, what were the apocalypse movies that you were trying to throw out at me? Um, I am legend world war Z trash, trash. What else? Um, those are the two main ones I can think of now. I, I've been throughout since March. So that's mm -hmm. how long I've been working from home. 
I've been trying to find anything that is end of the world related on YouTube and Netflix. Um, See, that's the Catholic in you. You know, you're just. <laughs> you literally did a segment on our podcast about it. You're obviously um, just as concerned with or it's it's Emmy winning, probably Emmy nominated at least Emmy nominated segment. Like, uh, do they please. do Emmys for podcast? Uh, they will for us yeah, because it's so right. great. Obviously, Polly. All right, maybe the the Emmy will come posthumously. You know, fifty years in the future when everybody realizes our genius. But at the same time, Polly, come on, get on board. But no, I am Legend sucks. It's trash, dude. The fuck. I mean, visually trash. Only good thing, Will Smith. Uh, CGI dog trash. Uh, I just there's nothing good about this. Uh, zombies that can't go in the light <laughs> what what is that what is that dude it's a, a mutation of their skin like it make it, there was a science behind it anyway let's not get into this you're just trying to be like some weird vampire love shit it's just like trying to like capture the vampire kids it's weird dude troll is obsessed with waterworld like all of his apocalypse movies were like shit that's never on tv so <laughs> I had never seen Water because World. it's so realistic that the the, the the general public might not understand it. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to hurt some feelings, right? Like by insulting intelligence. <laughs> yeah, um, but so he told me about Waterworld, and for the longest time, I could only find it to where I could rent it. Right. Um, but five dollars, Jesus! I mean, what a Greek tragedy to spend for some <laughs> incredible uh, movie. Genius here, Kevin Costner. You know, being that's a stud, four but... cheeseburgers. All right, okay, all right. whatever. Continue, Polly. Hurry so, up. We have, a, we have an interview to get to. So I know. So uh, anyway, I just saw that it's free on Showtime now. So I watched it, and it is a very good movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I was just telling Troll though, it feels like Mad Max on water, which isn't a bad thing because Mad Max is good. How dare you? How dare you? But at least there's it's like dialogue. Mad Mac, but you have to at least appreciate the ridiculousness of it being on fucking water. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, first And it of makes all, so much more sense. Everybody was so pissed off and everybody's like still so, you know, very concerned about the ice caps melting. Well, let's take that to an extreme. Oh, well, now the entire world is underwater except for, like, Antarctica. Yeah, so it looked like, basically, Mount New York Everest. City was hundreds of feet underwater. Like, the ty- top, I think it was New York, the, the highest buildings were hundreds of feet down. Right. And so the first land they found obviously had to be in a mountain range. Right, so, like Everest, I would assume. Or, I mean, it could have been... Just something in the Rockies. I mean, that's 14,000 feet in the Rockies. I mean, So are you saying that there's more mountain, or there's more land in Waterworld universe? Because they made it seem like it was the only, the only... Well, the world's pretty big, so if, if most of it was covered in water, and only like four or five mountain ranges were still surviving, I still think that would be very hard to find. So I was thinking that they literally went to Mount Everest. I mean, that's possible. 
But the city that he took her down to see just seemed North American to me. And then they well, got yeah, to... Well, that's yeah, why, that's why it's a huge journey. And well, they got like, to Everest pretty the damn smokers. quick. Well, yeah, well, come on. It's, it is still a movie, but, like, you know, the smokers that have, like, the... The oil, who knows how they got that oil, it doesn't really matter. How about that guy that they just leave <laughs> down in the fucking oil reserve? Probably, that'd be you. What a ter- like, like <laughs> That would be you. Was that a punishment? They're like, oh, we have a great job for you. And he just spends his life in the dark floating on crude oil. And see, this is what makes a good movie, Polly, is that these weird things that you see constantly haunt your dreams and that is why movies are good the 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 details the devil's in the details paulie and you just don't fucking seem to understand that i don't i don't get it you're you're too wrapped up in these other weird shit zombie movies you know what haunts my dreams (laughs) what what fucking zombies that are smart enough to track you down and find your house oh except in they're Iron only Legend. they're only able to do that twelve hours out of the day. Like, dude, come on, come on, twelve, not even twelve hours. Like, probably like on a yearly average, thirty percent of the time. Kevin Costner had gills. That is very unrealistic. It's OP. For it's op. It's fucking mutation. For a couple hundred years, that's way too soon. All right, all right, whatever. Anyway, Listen. it's a good movie. Um, All right, I just, well, you I know don't what, Caps wanna... fans? Just, just let us know what what's a better movie, Waterworld or Shitty I Am Legends? Well, that's not trash. a fair way to pose the question. What? Well, no, it is because I'm obviously biased towards Waterworld, and I'm going to explain that right now. I'm 100 percent biased against uh, I Am Legend. Uh, Waterworld is far and away the better the better movie, and I think that you're you're high as shit to think that it's not. And you know, apparently this has become a movie review podcast, but I'm right, you're wrong. Alright. <laughs> I liked Waterworld. Alright, so... You liked it, though. I liked it. So we don't need to be arguing, really. This could have <laughs> this could have been ten minutes of agreeing, but that's just not our style, I guess. Right. It's, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And Okay, look. I am legend... Might as well, like, I would have much rather watched I Am Legend without, as it was filmed. Zero CGI, just Will Smith (laughs) without any CGI, the entire I Am Legend on a green screen with, like, asshole actors acting (laughs) as, like... I'm a little dog. Yeah, I'm the dog, you know, this is the car... Here, you know, everything else behind you doesn't matter. It's a green screen. I would just have much rather liked I Am Legend that way. Of course you would. Just seeing Will Smith being Will Smith, man. Yeah. Well, I'm <clears throat> I'm transitioning here. Um, okay. We're not doing a, a snack time, but I do just want to quickly mention uh, there was an... So last week on TV, Notre Dame played Arizona State in hockey. It was a very good series. Arizona State won the first night, six to three. Um, they jumped down two to nothing at eighteen oh five. Took them less than two minutes to put two on the board, and the game basically went. Notre Dame would score a goal, bring it within one, and then Arizona State would go back up by two, back and forth. I got an empty netter, one six to three. Yeah, Notre Dame sucks. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
It was on the NHL Network, but also NBC Sports Washington and Philadelphia. So if you have the NBC Sports app, you could watch it for free. So keep that in mind in the future. And keep that in mind for Caps games. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to watch on the NBC Sports app all the Caps games because it has NBC Sports Washington. Unless you're blacked out. Yeah, so we'll have to see how that goes when the NHL rolls around. Um, And then (sighs) Friday, they played on actual NBC Sports. And Notre Dame was up 2-0. Arizona State had four unanswered goals. And then in the last 10 minutes of the third period, Notre Dame scored three goals. Third goal coming with 5.1 left to win the game. Uh, it was pretty crazy. So you guys all know I'm a I'm a Notre Dame fan. And just really what I'm getting to here is there is good and exciting hockey on TV. I think Notre Dame and Ohio State are on one, if not two times this week. So, um, and if not... Big Ten Network or um, NHL Network, there there should be college hockey on to to scratch the itch. Absolutely, and uh, the supported with Corey and Richie and Richie Richie Flo was on one. He was he was he was yeah. We had a little we had a little back and forth. <laughs> yeah, shout out Richie coward. Uh, well, no, I mean not a coward. He he eventually paid up his debt. Uh, though. It, is months late. Yeah, Richie. he uh he, he was bitching about the game, and I said something, and he was like, "Terrible game by ASU," and I was like, "I think you mean a gutsy effort by Notre Dame," and that's where the uh, the the argument stopped. But he he's pretty passionate about ASU. Um, they they take their Arizona stuff serious over there, which is good. Yeah. Which is, uh, you love you love to see it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you love to see uh, hockey Passion. on traditional markets. So I love to see it. In Arizona um, State, they've only been D one for six years. They've already made the NCAA tournament once, and they almost—they probably would have made it last year before COVID. They swept Wisconsin this year already. Wow. Split with Notre Dame, so they—they they are a good team. I think it was Wisconsin who they swept. Uh, and Kendall Coyne Schofield. Uh, or Schofield, even with her new job with Chicago, she's going to finish the season doing NBC Notre Dame games. So every time Notre Dame's on NBC, she has the between the glass uh, color commentating job. Badass. Yeah. So gold medalist. Uh, when she was in college, she was player of the year. She works as a player development and commentates. No doubt, no doubt. All right. Well, good stuff, man. Um, sorry, fans, if you, if you were not interested in Notre Dame, but at least just know that NCAA hockey's on. You don't have to watch Notre Dame. You, you can watch other NCAA hockey, right? You can buy a Big Ten hockey-specific package for the season. And just so you, just so everybody knows, like Big Ten is really where the hockey is, right? I mean, well, the hockey, the hockey East division. is really good as well. Um, and but who's in the hockey East? Uh, BU, BC, Harvard, right? UMass Those are like Lowell. Ivy. That's like the Ivy leagues. Yeah, Yale, yeah. Quinnipiac. But yeah, the Big Ten: Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. It's a common man division. Yeah, except for um, Notre Dame, those people are you know, they're <laughs> Minnesota elitists. Big Ten. Yeah, Big Ten is real meat and potatoes hockey. Yeah. 
in comparison to the Ivy Leagues of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, good stuff, man. I mean... Uh, that I'm was just, a snack time without being snack time. Right. I'm just glad that Notre Dame has finally, uh, you know, I don't know, played a division without, you know, being separate. They've been in a... In, football is the only sport they're independent. Hey, I know. I know. Yeah. I'm just joking. All right. Uh, all right. Anyways. <clears throat> They've already won the Big Ten twice. All right. All right. Whatever. Let's just say this. And they were Hockey East regular season champs a couple years ago. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. All right. Oh no, and they were CCA no national championships. No that. national championships. I think is what is what you really. Yes, meant. they have lost twice in the national championship. Oh okay, all right. Well, um, <clears throat> fuck Duluth. I would like to talk about something that is awesome, and that's our guest spot this week. Let's do it. There's so we reached out, and we've had uh, this certain person on for you know the last season season one he was gracious enough to spend about 45 minutes with us an hour uh you know he's just like the entire you know he, he holds every important goaltending record in the entire washington capitals organization yeah here they are you ready? okay well yeah. he leads in games wins losses Ties, which includes overtime losses and shootout losses, goals against, shots against, saves, minutes, goals saved above average, goalie point shares, and he is tied with Holpe for 35 career shutouts. So he owns. And Vesna winner. Vesna winner, yeah. Vesna winner um, took the Caps to a cup. He's got some, some not so great records, but. Almost all of the <laughs> records you want. Uh, right. Absolute legend. Yeah. Uh, and we've got Oli Kozig on deck for you Capsurps fans. Again, you know, it's it's great to great to hear from him. Um, first of all, the first time I ever asked Oli to come on, super humbling experience. Uh, in the sense of like he said yes, and that was weird. I figured yeah. that that was going to be you know I we message a lot of people to get just like no response from, but uh, just you know and, and it, it it shouldn't be a surprise because of how like Oli if you if you if you're a DC fan and and you were around when Oli was like playing, you know like dude was for the people hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, more on what you were saying, he is bigger than so many people who ignore us, but he responds to us in a very polite and timely manner, as if we are deserving of it. Like, (laughs) he he is a very good human, and we, we hope that you guys realize it through our words, because, like, he... He's very generous, very generous man. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and this is a this is a situation where he could just be like, "Who the f- who the fuck are you?" And Ben just literally never even read the DM. But uh, you know what? He has, and he's been super gracious with their time. With this interview, we talk about you know where the caps are headed and 
how the goaltending situation looks for next season. Um, you know, kind of just a quick catch up with Oli Kozik. I mean, what a beaut. Amazing guy to talk to. Super knowledgeable about the game, obviously. Uh, he opened up a little bit. He did, yeah. He you did, know, yeah. Uh, it's funny because he's like, <laughs> he's like, you know how these podcasts, these, uh, there's, there's a certain word question. Word gets out. Yeah, how word gets out about these podcasts. And I'm, for one, flattered that he would think that any word would get out about this podcast. But yeah. second of all, you know, um, just really good stuff. So apparently people listen to this thing. I'm glad for for that, but uh, you know what? Let's just let's just kick you over to our interview with Olaf Kolzig, man, the legend. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the hockey troll. I'm here with Polly Cupcakes, and we have an incredibly special guest. I always say that we have special guests, but the man, the myth, the legend, Ole Kolzig, here to talk to us a little bit about uh, the goings-on and, and of the organization, and really just kind of, uh, we've got some specialized questions for him, but Ole, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of going on right now in the organization, but uh, <laughs> I'll try to answer as many questions as I can. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I mean, first things first, uh, we did hear your uh, your interview on another podcast in a very little known network known as NBC Sports Washington. I mean, come on, man. You couldn't have given us that exclusive, huh? <laughs> well, they were the first ones to ask. So if you're asking, I'm usually going to I'm going to commit. So they uh, they reached out and I said, why not? <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, it was a great interview. Uh, you were there with uh, your buddy uh, Byron Defoe. I mean, uh, good times, right? Yeah, it was always good uh, reminiscing, and um, you know, especially especially that time there in Boston where we had a little <laughs> little scuffle. But that um, no, was good. I haven't, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to Byron here and there, but I haven't seen him in a while. So um, yeah, it was just good to catch up and, and reminisce. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I, again, thanks a lot for, for coming on, you know, Paulie and I are super humbled and, and you've been such a great guest in the past. So it's be your second, second stint on, on the old caps chirp podcast. But the first real question we got for you is, I mean, what's your take on, on the Holpe contract in Vancouver, you know, which is near and dear to your heart, uh, that at least that, that province, you know, I mean, He's going from a five-year six point one to a two-year at, at like four three-ish. I mean, do you think that's an underpay or or what's your take? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think obviously for the, for the quality of goaltender he is and what he's done, I think it's it's underpay. But um, you know, we're in kind of unprecedented times right now, and and it was a pretty saturated goalie market, um, so from a organizational standpoint, they had, you know, there was a bunch of options out there. Uh, had, had Holtz been the only guy or one of two guys. And obviously there would have been more of a, of a bidding war, but um, I think Vancouver obviously got a hell of a deal and they're getting a hell of a goalie, a hell of a person. Um, I'm obviously, I was uh, sad to see him go. Um, but those are the things sometimes you can't control 
in, in the sport is, is the business side of it. And, um, um, but he will always and forever be remembered in Washington as one of the greats. Absolutely. He's, I mean, I mean, I guess you two are kind of hand in hand is like the, the goal, the goaltender, the duo of, 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 I would say the entire organization, uh, I mean, legend wise, right? Uh, I mean, for me, it was obviously longevity. I was there a long time and, and, and Holtz was there not quite as long, but for what he did, brought a Stanley cup to the city. Um, first one, and obviously our, our franchise's history and, and, uh, you know, it's obviously one thing I, I wasn't able to accomplish in my career. Um, but, uh, you know, we both, yeah, we both, uh, really, really, um, love the city of DC. Um, you know, not only were we people in the spotlight on the ice, but I think we, we, uh, contributed quite a bit in the community, um, both, you know, in different charities, but, uh, um, DC was always considered a home for me and, and, uh, I was always treated well there. And, um, I think the same could be said, could be said for Braden. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And, uh, on the last interview, you had said you thought that he might take a bunch of your records away and it it looks like those are safe. Uh, except he did tie you on uh, shutouts, uh, based on, you know, the, the comments you made on Samsonov, do you, do you have a, a similar, hope for his future and maybe he can take a run at some of your records? Well, he's certainly young enough um, and he's obviously talented enough. Um, and, you know, we, he's still going to have a good team in front of him for, for a number of years. Um, I don't think there's any, any thought of a rebuild anytime soon. So um, he's, he's got, obviously he's got the potential, but like I said, the, uh, you know, with, with salary cap, um, the odds of a player sticking around with one team for his whole career isn't, you know, uh, isn't set in stone. Um, so he's going to have to, he's going to have to play a long time and stay healthy and, and stay off those ATVs, but he definitely has the, uh, definitely has the talent level for sure. And, and the funny thing is, the funny thing is the ironic thing is with Braden, I did, um, and maybe that was, maybe that was the kiss of death, but I, uh, before the season last year, um, I did a congratulatory, uh, video, um, because he was tied with me going into last season. And, and I don't think anybody thought that Braden was going to go a whole season without a shutout. And it just happened that he didn't end up getting one. And, and that's why we're tied, but you know, at Braden st- stuck around another couple of years, definitely those records would have, would have fallen by the wayside. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a detraction from you is, is your career at all. And, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's a huge, it's a good thing for, for Braden to get that, but it's, it's, you know, you guys are kind of like, like I said, the two, um, the, the two pillars of goaltending in, in, uh, in DC. And it's funny that you bring up the ATV wreck because (laughs) that was where we were kind of like trying to lead into the conversation. I mean, you're high on Samsonov. It was, or Samsonov, I'm sorry, and, and and it was reported that his injuries were somewhat serious uh, to his neck and back, which, you know, as a goaltender, could be uh, something of concern or really any professional athlete, any normal person, uh, in fact. Do you think he's going to be healthy and ready by January-ish, uh, a.k.a. possibly February, for the start of the season? 
Yeah, I think so. He's, you know, he's already, he's already been skating in DC. Um, uh, and I don't think he would have been allowed on the ice had he not been, been cleared by the medical staff. Um, so yeah, I don't think it was, a a career threatening injury. Obviously anytime you deal with the neck and the back, uh, it's scary, but, uh, I think he, he dodged a bullet and learned a learned a pretty valuable lesson that, you know, um, <laughs> takes one little one little mistake to to really ruin a career. Right. So basically, you're probably sitting him down and saying, "Look, if you want to buy more ATVs and even an entire farm and track to to run these ATVs on in your retirement, you should probably chill out at least a little bit on them, right?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. He could start his own ATV company, but there- yeah, just. <laughs> Stay off them until you're retired. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, you know, moving to more to like the the hockey nuts and bolts. Is there anything in particular that sticks out in his game that you really like? And what kind of like, you know, obviously, you know, Russian train like Vasilevsky, big lanky guy like Vasilevsky. I mean, is there anything else in his game that you really like love to see that's somewhat unique, or at least that he does really well that would make him elite? Well, his, his, his movement, his movement in the net, um, his ability to track pucks, his demeanor, uh, he's pretty, pretty calm, calm guy in there gives, uh, gives the guys in front of him a lot of, a lot of confidence. You, you love having a goaltender that doesn't seem to get rattled by anything. Um, and he's, you know, he's definitely that kind of guy. His puck handling has gotten better since he's come to North America. Um, and, and the reason I compare him with Vasilevsky is they both, they both obviously were decorated goalies over in Russia, um, both standouts, at the world junior level. Um, you know, when they both came over their first years in the American league, it wasn't like they dominated. Um, there were some struggles. There was, you know, there's, there's such a, a big difference between international hockey and, and, and the North American style of game. And, uh, as a goalie, it's even more so. And, and so it took him a while to get adjusted to, to the game here. Obviously, the language barrier. I think he's done a good job of learning English, um, but it's still something that he needs to improve on. Um, you know, and so they struggle early on, but once they, they get comfortable with the game and the lifestyle away from the rink, um, then you really saw both their games take off. And, um, you know, Vasilevsky was playing behind Ben Bishop um, in Tampa, um, and it got to a point where they felt they felt comfortable enough to give him the reins, and and obviously, you know, he's rewarded them with Vesna trophies and Stanley Cup and a Stanley Cup this past year. And uh, you know, uh, Sammy had to do the same thing. He came up last year, had to play behind Braden. Um, and uh, you know, I think you know he might not be quite as ready as Vasilevsky to to be the true number one guy and. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we ended up bringing in Lundqvist um, to kind of buffer that and, and not put a ton of pressure on him right away. Um, but I would I would say in the next year or so that he's going to be a guy moving forward and 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 be one of the one of the good ones in the NHL. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, <laughs> speaking of Lundqvist, uh, you got any good stories about about Hank? Because you guys kind of play uh, I, you a little I don't, I don't personally. I mean, I, I've never really, I've never met Hank. Um, we're supposed to have actually, we're supposed to have a, a, a goalie uh, kind of happy hour Zoom call tomorrow with all the goalies and the coaches and the organization, goalie coaches, 
um, and just kind of catch up and see where everybody is and obviously meet Hank. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it, obviously we played a lot against each other, but you know, I, I guess the biggest one and I, and I did this, I did an interview a few days ago cause I guess it was the anniversary of the, of the famous Merrick Malik goal shootout goal. But you know, when Hank and I had that 15 round shootout back in 05 um, and that was his first year uh, in North America and nobody really knew anything about him. And then, um, you know, that year, everybody, everybody knew who Hank Lundquist was right. and obviously had a, uh, had a, you know, storied, storied run in, in New York. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can is there any way we could get an invite to that, uh, that zoom call just to like, not say anything, but like, you know, just like watch, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll just leave that one alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know what? That sounds awesome. I mean, uh, it 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 is. Uh, it it's interesting to hear that because you know you a lot of I I think that maybe a typical fan and you know, Polly, let me know what you think. But like a typical fan would think like either you know all the NHL goalies know each other, but I don't think that's the case because you know you're in separate locker rooms, your schedule's tight. I mean you're, you're in and out of these places. And unless you have like a personal bond from a previous league or a previous team, you don't make the, make the, the effort to go over and like shake your opponent's hand, whether, you know, cause somebody had to lose right during that after the game. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, and, and really throughout my career, um, you know, unless you're playing in an all-star game or uh, you know, you're at the league awards or something, you don't, there's not really a lot of time to interact interact with the other with the other goalies um you know unless they're unless they're in the same city as you are in the off season and and you skate with them um but uh yeah there's not there's not it's just a i think it's just a mutual respect uh that goalies have for each other because you are the only two on the team um and so everybody you know those guys kind of know what you go through and so i think just you know from playing against the guys throughout your career you just you kind of get you kind of get to know them um, on a professional level, um, but there's I could maybe there's maybe a handful of guys that while I was playing um, I knew on a personal level. I, obviously, when I retire and and uh, you get invited to you know whatever it is charity events, uh, you get to meet meet more and more uh, retired goalies and and so that's really where you get to you get to know them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It does seem kind of like uh, a position that would have like a, a fraternity feel to it. Like once you've been a goalie, you know how it is. So you all kind of just have that like unspoken uh, respect. Um, and, you know, based on the way you described it, it kind of does make it weird, even more weird when goalies fight. Cause like they, uh, you must, you must really get caught up in the moment. Cause you don't have like an actual beef with the guy. <laughs> right. No, no, no. But you know, there are, and I, and I do say respect, but there's, there are guys you, for whatever reason, you listen to them or listen to their interviews or, or their antics during a game. I mean, there's a few guys that you, you generally don't like. And, you know, if there was ever, you know, if there was ever a melee that broke out, you wouldn't hesitate to go and, and punch the guy in the face. But, um, you know, the case with, with Byron and I, that just happened to be, uh, you know, Dale Hunter was, was in trouble with with their tough guy and then I came out to hit to, to help Dale and you know and then Byron felt that you know he needed to get me off of Dale and 
and then that's how the whole thing started. But um, yeah, there's uh, there there is there is sometimes just just like a true not hatred but dislike um, with guys. I mean, you can't like everybody. You can't. Sure. You know, there, there are things that that do irritate that do irritate you. You know, whether, whether it's other people's mannerisms or whatever it is, it's just something there. So and it happens sometimes. It's just fights happen. Yeah, no doubt. And was was there anyone that you played with that you were like, man, if I ever got the chance, I would definitely fight that guy. Uh, is there anybody that you'd actually never did? Like maybe that that uh, on the that guy that I played with, like on my team. No, no, like a a guy that was. Uh, well, yeah, well, either I mean, on your team or or, or elsewise, you know. Or I, know I was going to say I, there wasn't. I don't think there was one. There was one teammate I disliked. Um, I mean, you don't hang around with, with all your teammates. Um, but, uh, there wasn't really, there wasn't really one teammate that I disliked. Um, you know, in hockey circles, it's rare that you find those bad guys. Um, cause they don't usually stick around long enough to, to make it to the pro game. Um, and if they are that type of person, they have to be a very, exceptionally skilled player and and even then they they don't usually last long so um as far as playing against uh yeah i don't know i i i don't i i want to kind of keep that to myself you know with podcasts <laughs> it gets Fair the enough. word gets out there pretty quick so i i'll just kind of keep it to my own but there were there were a handful of guys that's fair enough I mean, you know what? I guess Sean Avery would probably, I could care less if he knew, but um, (laughs) Sean Avery, I think on most guys would be on most guys lists. He was definitely one. And I think that's completely acceptable. Sean Avery, uh, you know, I think that people, Detroit and New York Ranger fans probably hated Sean Avery when he played on, on their own team. Uh, But, you know, I actually, it's funny because I, 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 Actually, I listened to his audio book. I didn't read his book. Uh, and the the worst part about it was that it was narrated by him. Um, <laughs> so, and, uh, Sean, please don't come try to beat us up. And we're just a small podcast. But seriously, um, uh, it was um, not that either. He's not, yeah. you know, he was a pest. I wouldn't call him a uh, uh, a fighter by any means. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little not, bit of a dig not, there. <laughs> not, saying, not saying that I, I am or I was, but um, I've played with plenty that uh, that he would not want to tangle with. So who on, okay. So, you know, I'm thinking when, when you say that, I'm thinking like immediately my mind goes to like Chris Simon, who's like a skilled guy that would just destroy people. Right. He would, he was a guy that would, yep. that would, that would drop the gloves. Who's one of the, like, classic you know or maybe even that we don't know like who's a who's a guy that you played with that really could just you would you were just scared of this guy lining up uh, across from you and luckily you didn't have to oh opposition wise uh ooh. Uh, there were a lot of them uh, because i i mean i i kind of broke in right at that transition stage when the game was going away from clutching and grabbing and right um you know you could get away with not being a great skater um, to obviously then it became a very skilled game, fast game, but you had to, everybody had to, to be accountable to themselves. If, if you wanted to be, you know, if you wanted to be a guy like, like Brad Marchand, um, or Sean Avery, just, uh, you, you better be ready to fight every time you try some of your antics, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, or guys that, uh, 
you know, guys that hid behind the shield of their, of their helmets, um, you know, teammates like, like Craig Berube or Mark Tenorti, Chris Simon, uh, Alan May, um, Enrico Ciccone. I mean, these guys are all scary tough. Um, and, but they, you know, they had to face guys on other teams that were the exact same and God, guy that I wouldn't want, um, yeah, I try to keep my nose pretty clean with those kind of guys. I never really, uh, uh, agitated or irritated any of the, uh, of the, uh, the guys that are above my weight class. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I remember watching the, the old fights of, you know, I mean, and, and it's crazy cause you got to, you got to play with like Dale Hunter too, like who was kind of, you know, older at the, at the time that, that you were there. Right. I mean, um, Huntsy, Huntsy was a throwback. Like he, you know, obviously wasn't a heavyweight, but didn't back down, um, you know, and was just, could just get under, under, under opposition skin and, and get them off their game. And then, uh, you know, and then, um, penalize them by scoring on them. So he, he was, he was skilled and tough and, and an agitator, but one of the ultimate, ultimate teammates that I've ever played with. That's awesome, man. I mean, he's one of a fan favorite and one of my favorites for sure. Uh, I know he gets a lot of bad press because of the, the emotion, we'll call it emotion that he's shown, uh, in some of the, the lesser or the more known highlights for him. But, uh, I, I just, even when he was a coach for the caps, like that look that like the look that he even just gave the press scared me sometimes just that, you know, he's got those eyes, man, that, that look like <laughs> I'm not messing around. I could probably kill you with one punch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, he's a very intense guy. No question. <laughs> but, a, but, uh, but a funny joking, uh, prank playing guy kind of guy too. But that's when awesome. it was time to play, he was he was ready. Good stuff, man. That's that's so awesome. Uh, so Peter Laviolette, he's coming in. Have you met him yet? Have you met him? Uh, no, I haven't met. I, I've met him in the past, but I haven't met him since he's since he's gotten hired. Gotcha. Okay. So, any initial thoughts? I mean. Um, we talked to our friend of the pod, Stefan Brunner, who's a ECHLer uh, here in Wheeling, the Wheeling Nailers. And he actually, his rookie season was Laviolette's rookie season with the Nailers. And then he got moved up. Uh, he did a good job. So, I mean, what's your take on, on old Pete? Well, I, I mean, from everything I've heard, he's, he's a, he's a, uh, a great guy, hard nosed, hard nosed coach. Um, obviously can't argue with this record. I think he's gone to four Stanley cup finals, um, three or four and he's won yeah. one. Um, you know, he's won everywhere he's gone. Basically. I mean, he was the winning coach when he was with the Islanders, when he was with the flyers, when he was with, uh, Carolina and then with Nashville, um, obviously a ton of experience. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, we got a we got a pretty good guy. So let me, I guess, let me phrase it to you this way: If Lavi gets us to a Stanley Cup final, where's your money at on the Caps or whoever we're playing? Well, I would, I would, I would have to say the Caps. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're only we're only a couple of years removed from winning uh, winning our first one, so you know, it's not like we're we've gone twenty years in between wins. I mean, the guys in the locker room still know how to get it done. And, uh, 
Um, you know, Lavi obviously got it done uh, one time. So um, if he gets us to the same, if he gets us to the finals four times and and we win one more, um, you know, I think he's done his job. Absolutely. I mean, I and it's it's crazy that only one coach has gone to two different NHL teams and won a cup with them. Uh, I mean, as, as someone who's been there, do you think that that's like a, a statistic anomaly or, I mean, having another, you know, one coach win it with one team and then come to another team and win it again has only been done once. So like, I, and I mean, you know, I'm not trying to, trying to ask, like put you in a spot of like, explain this analytically or anything, but I mean, what, what do you think? Why do you think that is? It's, it's quite weird, right? I mean, it's, uh, Something that doesn't happen in the lost words. It's hard to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, That's the bottom line. Um, And, you know, situations have got to be right, too. Just because, you know, a coach goes to another team doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, A, you know, he fits in right away personality-wise with with certain players. I mean, he could be coming into a situation where they're rebuilding, um, you know. uh, I mean, you look at – um, you look at Babcock, um, you know, he won in Detroit, probably should have won more than once, but he won in Detroit, took Anaheim to the finals. Yeah. Um, and then comes into Toronto and, and really doesn't have any sort of success. And, and, uh, it just, for whatever reason, usually when a coach wins with a, with an organization, you know, he's been there for a little while. Um, you know, it took Trotsy four years, um, you know, you get to know all the players in the organization. Um, so those players have a really good feel for the coach. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's hard to win a Stanley Cup in, in the NHL. That's, that's basically the bottom line. I mean, there's, there's a number of players that, that probably should have won a Stanley Cup that didn't um, because it is, it is so hard. And that's why it's so, it's the, the Stanley Cup is so revered. It is the hardest championship to win, in my opinion. Ours too. I mean, Polly, what do you think? Well, yeah. So I was, I was thinking, you know, speaking of Stanley Cup, and given the current state of the world, with the with the Caps' core and their their age and having a new coach and a new goalie situation, do you think uh, a shorter season does benefit the Capitals in terms of? postseason success and if so what do you think is kind of like their magic number um on the the number of games that have been proposed i i well first of all i don't think a shortened season really benefits anybody um because the playoffs are still the playoffs and and i i know what you're saying as far as uh, workload on guys and and uh um but all these guys are, are in great shape and we've had you know, they had four or five months off or three or four months off and then came, you know, we played for one month and now we've had another few months off. And, and so I, I don't think it really matters what the length of the schedule is going to be. Um, uh, and as far as games proposed, um, I'm not, I haven't uh, been told the latest of, of, uh, of where it's at. Um, I haven't been privy to that information, but, uh, I think they got to get this escrow thing worked out first before they can determine the amount of games they uh, they want to play, and that has to you know obviously that has to that has to be sorted out between the owners and the players. 
Right, yeah, and, and that's a whole other podcast. I don't really want to get into that. We've already kind of covered that a little bit. And I don't want to, I don't really want to get into it either. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Your playing days are over, man. You're out of that fray, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, hey, only man, it's it's always good to, to hear from you. Really appreciate, um, you know, taking the time and and doing this, but uh. I'll be honest, man. Uh, I pick the Caps to win the Cup every year. Uh, do you have who, – who are you picking this year? Well, obviously us. I mean, anytime you have Ovi <laughs> on your team, I mean, um, you know, our odds, are, our odds are pretty good. But, you know, obviously uh, Tampa's still a young hockey team. Um, you know, they're going to be a formidable formidable team for a few years. Uh, sure. You know, they won it, they won it without their captain – you know, one of their best players too. So, you know, they, uh, they're only going to be deeper, I think this year, but, um, again, a lot of things have to come into it. You know, you got to stay healthy. Um, you know, you've, uh, timing, timing's everything. And obviously, um, you know, we need our, we need our goaltenders to be strong this year. Um, and, uh, but again, um, as long as Obi's on our team, I like our, I like our chances. Absolutely. No, I agree. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, Polly, do you have anything else before, uh, before we, we cut this off or. No, I just, <clears throat> I agree with your OV statement. Uh, as long as he's on the team, you know, we, we've got a, a pretty good chance. And yeah, but we, but we have to do what we did a couple of years ago with, uh, you know, he needs a support system too. He can't, he can't, uh, do it all himself. And then that's one big reason why we won two years ago is because we, everybody on that team chipped in. Um, and that maybe wasn't this, the case this past, uh, this past September. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, <clears throat> you know, I, I look at the lineup and on paper, it looks like the depth's there, but, but maybe not so much in, in certain, you know, we could talk all day and night about game to game basis as to who didn't contribute, who did. But, but the big thing is, is that, yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of, a lot of the, supporting cast and and i feel you know unfortunately being such a bright star that ovi is i I think that a lot of the pressures on him and people kind of uh maybe not so much focus on well what did he have going in you know i mean yeah he's a point per game guy in the playoffs uh, and that's you know over that and and that's that's a stat but is he really uh getting the help that he needs so i i i i think that where trot's did great and got us a cup was that he had, he had everybody bought in everybody in that room just seemed to like ready to die for the cause. in in, in, in that sense. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you need that. Uh, yeah, you definitely need that. If you, if you have any aspirations of winning um, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, you saw, you know, all of you was blocking shots and um, you know, Kuzi played played unbelievable. Our young guys um, contributed. Um, I mean, it was just, uh, yeah, everybody was uh, everybody was rowing in the same direction, and that's what you need. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, hey, do you have anything that uh, you wanted to share with uh, with the listeners here? I mean, I know that they can follow you at Ole Kolzig thirty seven on Twitter, but uh, anything that you're working on or doing or i know you're not no, a big no. guy, I mean, for me it's, right now it's groundhog day you know where uh it's just you wake up and you're, you're trying to find things to keep yourself busy and uh but for me it's uh i want everybody to stay safe out there and have a have a have a great christmas um and 
you know, we'll get over this. We'll get over this thing soon and, and get back to, to, to rocking the red and filling the, uh, the Capital One uh, building. So um, everybody have a great holiday and, and, and be safe. Awesome, man. Hey, Ali, you have a great holiday as well. Again, thanks a lot for, uh, you know, taking the time out of your day to, to come talk to us. And um, until next time we talk, man, have a Merry Christmas and, and stay safe. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys too. Right, thanks. Take care, man. Take care, guys. that interview with Ole the goalie Godzilla himself the man the myth the legend we sure did always an incredible time to talk to an ex NHLer you know much much less or much more a legend of the Washington Capitals yeah um, <clears throat> again thank you uh, for coming on Ole uh, you're the man and uh, <laughs> you know it was it was nice talking and can't wait to see your protege in net this season. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, the, the the best part about that is is that um you know, kind of like hearing about the dynamic between goalies because they're so, you know, and, and it's crazy because we we had that interview, well, you didn't, Polly, but I had that interview with uh the uh talking about um Terry Sawchuk and about that and in that movie like Goalie how uh, Adriana Mags talks about like uh, there was such competition between goalies like there, at that point there were only six in the entire league yeah you know and if you like if if you weren't cutting it you were out 100% and without even being thought about and you know also you're you're not paid that great management had them by the balls yeah, seriously. Yeah. And you're not being paid well in comparison to the the goal scorers and the stars of the game. And at that point, like, goalies were still, like, you know, received a ton of accolades. But they weren't the stars, right? And that's – it's crazy because you, you – goalies are still the – are now the stars. But they do not make the amount of money that they deserve. No, you know, and they, they don't. And – they're always underappreciated, over-criticized. Honestly, I think right now, if someone asks me, who is the Washington Capitals' Mount Rushmore? It is Alex Ovechkin, Mike Gartner, Braden Holpe, and Ole Kolzig. Oof. Yeah. I, oof. There's so many. I mean, we have a rich history. I mean... Yeah, I feel like you got to fit in Bondra somewhere and maybe even Callie Johansson. You know, I, I always I always go back to Callie Johansson, even though, like, his stats aren't killer. But he was just, like, such a good defense, like, just a solid anchor, like, to the, to the whole team in the sense of being able to be that pillar of strength from from – uh, defensively and a great passer, decent puck mover, but really a shutdown guy. And, you know, yeah, he wasn't out there dangling and, and hitting people. And uh, I mean, he was a physical guy, but he like, he wasn't a highlight real guy. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that's the problem 
with, and it's been a while. I know this was a big trend on Twitter a while ago, like picking your franchise Mount Rushmore. Right. That's the hard thing is like, it's so easy to find number five, six and seven, you know, like it's hard to make that cut. Um, but I, I think if, I mean, undoubtedly you're right. All these faces up there. Yeah. And I, I just think Gardner's got to be there because he's over 700. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but either way, he is Capitals legend. And truly gracious, dude. Well, but yeah. I mean, other than that, you got anything else? Uh, no. Uh, college hockey on this weekend. ECHL starts. Um, they may be streaming it for free. I don't know. But if I were you, I'd look into it if you want to see some hockey. Yeah, and we've got to go to a beer league game. So until next time, Caps fans, it's Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at CupcakePolly. And follow the show's handle at CapsChirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.